children, you are dismissed to your classrooms. And um, so are there Sunday school teachers. Thank you very much for your help and sacrifice for the children, the next church, as they make their way to their classrooms. If you do have a cell phone, please make sure they are turned off or in silent mode. And if you forget, we'll be reminded of it once it rings. <laughs> um, if you can, please turn your Bibles over to um, John chapter 8. We're going to be reading verses 1 to 11. It is the 4th of July. Um, but we are Christians, so we're here at church, right? Hopefully you already had your barbecues and stuff like that. But if not, tomorrow, we celebrate tomorrow, right? Um, we're going to have a, a series break from our, book of, our study of the book of Ephesians. So this is our Independence uh, Day message. I'm going to begin reading. I'm reading from the New International Version. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At the dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to reach, to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery in the law of Moses command. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what we do, now what do we do, you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening that you've given to us once again to be able to worship you, to praise you with this body of believers and this church building that you provided for us. We thank you for this country that you place us to be a part of, Lord God. Uh, we thank you for the many years that you've uh, protected it and blessed many people of all nationalities, Lord God, who have come here to seek, seek liberty and happiness, Father God, and most, more, more importantly, Lord God, that you've opened their, their hearts to the gospel. Father, we are now again asking for your help as we study your word. We ask for your Holy Spirit that is, is indwelling in all your believers to be the one to reveal to them the truth, the message. Prepare their hearts, Lord God. May they accept it. I pray now for me, Lord God, please bless me. Give me the wisdom to know what to say, what not to say. Use me again as your vessel, Lord God. Let nothing, Lord God, that is not true not come out, Lord God. It's just, just truth. And for your 
glory and for yours alone. We pray for salvation for those who are lost. May this be the evening that they will surrender to your Lordship. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. I entitled our message tonight, Freedom from What? It's titled in a question. Freedom from what? We, as we celebrate you know, the United States, the U.S.'s independence from Britain, uh, it says your go-to-history button. Uh, so many years ago, so what, 1776, it says here, on July 2nd, 1776, the Continental Congress voted in favor of independence, and two days later, delegates from 13 colonies adopted the Declaration of Independence, a historic document drafted by Thomas Jefferson. So uh, there's many reasons. There are seven reasons there that they said, but mostly it's about taxes, right? They <laughs> So taxes do bring out the, the bad in people. No, 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 they, they wanted, done. they were done. They were done. The, the founding fathers were done from, from the tyranny of Britain and hence the birth of the United States of America. And all of us, most of us in this church who have migrated from the Philippines, we knew as we were coming here that this is the land of milk and honey. <laughs> right? We knew that we were going to be picking up dollar bills on the ground here. <laughs> right and, and and but then freedom from what now we're, how do you reconcile freedom from the country because i thought i was going to be talking about the gifts of the holy spirit tonight but then I, as as i was getting ready to prepare it god said no let's talk about freedom talk about freedom so i have five points tonight hopefully like i said hopefully you guys already ate because this will be a two-hour message Freedom from what? First point. Second point is sin equals, equals death. Third point is Jesus equals freedom. Fourth point is now what? And then fifth, Jesus equals transformation. As we read in, uh, uh, next slide please, in, in verses 3 and 5, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Now, as the 13 colonies before the Declaration of Independence were experiencing injustice and tyranny from Great Britain, the Founding Fathers wanted independence from the control of Great Britain. They wanted to be sovereign, right? They wanted to be sovereign. So here, the, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, the people that, that were, they felt like they were losing control of the Israelites, of the Jews, because here's Jesus, a new guy, becoming to be a rock star in their, in their area and seems to be taking their business away. So now they, they wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to trap Jesus. How, 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 what does the trap mean? Like, because if Jesus said, for those of you, most of you probably already know it, but those who don't, the trap is to, so that if Jesus says, fine, stone her, Jesus will then lose the many people who are sinning and those who think, oh, Jesus came for us sinners, so... Uh, he loves us. But then when, if Jesus did say, go ahead, stoner, they're going to say, oh, I thought he was here for me. I thought he was on my side. And then the other thing is because they were in, under Roman, Roman rule, if he made the decision, if Jesus makes the decision, say, go ahead, stoner, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law will report him to the, the emperor or, or to Rome, and then they'll say he's not a friend of Caesar. That's the one trap. The other trap is if he says no. And if he says no, don't stone her. 
And they're going to say, well, he doesn't believe in the commands. He doesn't believe in Moses. I thought he knew the scriptures. But he's condoning sin. Right? That's the background of that. Now, the, if it says here, the woman in this account in the Bible was now held by the men that thought they knew the law. Right? The ones that were citing it. See, there's one thing that if you know the law, and then you don't have the heart of God. What were they up to? Because the scripture said this, right? They did this to trap Jesus. They weren't there for the betterment of the woman or even the society. They were there, there to trap their enemy, which is Jesus. They wanted to put an end to Jesus. Okay? So what was, what's the law that they're talking about? Uh, again, a brief review, Leviticus 20, verse 10. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. Deuteronomy 22, 22. If a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. So, again, they, they did have a standing. When it comes to the commands, when it comes to the scripture, they did have a backing. They did have it in writing. But the question is, where was the man? Isn't it what just a woman presented? Where was the man? Um, I'm thinking this. Maybe somebody else did write it. Maybe the man was very influential. Maybe he was a Pharisee. Maybe he had money and he bribed him like, hey, you know, let's just let this go away, huh? Let's just take her. If you guys really want to punish somebody, punish her. I'll give you some money here, all right? All right? But why, why is it was, if the law says man and woman, it was just the, the lady there, right? Now, these group of men only wanted to punish the woman. There's, this is another observation. Because this culture, during this time, this culture and society had the women as second-class citizens. Remember? Right? Now, this is a, another side note here for us. is Christianity, the teachings of Jesus, seems to be, it's always contrary to the popular thinking. During this time, it was very... You would say it was very conservative. But Jesus' teaching seems to be liberal around that time because they were, they, they were very strict. They didn't want any women's witnesses. They, it, was, it was below, it was, it was not, not going to stand in the courts. But then when Jesus resurrected, who was the first person that he revealed himself to, his resurrected body? Mary Magdalene, right? A woman, right? It's... it's, it's, it's a woman, and then now here's another woman being punished, but then Jesus stood with her. Right? And I'm going to show you later on that you're going to see that with a very liberal society, the Bible seems to be conservative. Okay? You, you will, I'll show that to you later on. But again, the Bible, a side note, is God, God is, is never, it never, uh, it's always contrary to the popular thinking. It always is. It's never going to be with the populace. It's always going to be against it. Now, going back. Freedom from what? In John 8.36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Then Jesus speaking. In Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he who has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight from the blind to set the oppressed free. Freedom from what? The, sec the answer is on the second point, which is sin. 
In Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All men have sinned and short, fall short of the glory of, of God. 6.23 reads, And for the wages of sin is death. So we have freedom from death, which is sin, and which sin brings us to death, but then, but then what? Because of Jesus, right? Because of Jesus, we have freedom from that. So that's freedom from sin. And look here. So, then, so when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Right? And, and we saw that everybody walked away, right? They said there's only two types of men in the world. The ones that have accepted that they are sinners and the ones that have not accepted that they are sinners. Because the Bible says all of us, all of us have committed sin against God. Now Jesus, what we also see here is that Jesus applying the law. The truth of the matter is that since the law states that whoever commits the sin of adultery deserves to be stoned to death, Jesus agreed, Right? But then he challenges the accusers, the crowd, that let any one of you who is without sin be the first one to throw a stone at her. Essentially saying that if you, if you have not sinned, that same sin, which is adultery, go ahead. See, the one thing that we, this is my observation. The one thing that we truly hate from other people at times, at many times, is what we hate of ourselves you know we're so quick to point out the greedy person because a lot of us a lot about us is also greedy we're so quick to point out the hypocrite but how about us seems to be hypocritical about that certain thing too these men brought the woman to Jesus re removing the man out of the picture as well with the mere intention with the full intention of just just removing Jesus from his stand of power in the society at that point. That was, their mere, that was their goal. Their mere goal was to discredit Jesus. They didn't care about the woman. So Jesus then says, go ahead, apply the law, but realize, look at yourself first. If you have not committed sin, you can cast the stone. The one thing here is, I know I've said before that we are to judge ourselves, right? We have to first judge ourselves. And we are to judge, judge out of discernment for our brothers and sisters. Judging for our brothers and sisters out of discernment, if they're sinning, we are to call that out. But it is for discernment and for the empowerment of our brother or sister who's falling. That's why we're making that observation. That's why we're making that judgment. Hey, you know, Brother Joe, I think you're falling into this, this trap. I think you're sitting here because I, I be, I've been seeing you, right? You're making that judgment, but it is for my betterment. It, it is for me to get out of that sin. That is okay. But this judgment that they were doing is to condemn the woman. They condemn. There's no, there's no need to improve. They want to kill. They want her to be stoned to death. At the same time, they want to discredit Jesus on whatever decision he will make. Right? It was a loose-loose situation for Jesus at that point. And it was, it was a loose-loose situation for the woman as well. You know, have you been into that situation where people will entrap you? And you're like, oh, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no winning here. 
When, for example, they know you're a born-again Christian, and then they heard, your co-workers heard, that there was a pastor, a Christian pastor, that fell. Let's just say, you know, he was a womanizer, and he was found out. And they were so quick to throw it at you. They say, hey, I heard the pastor of a Christian church fell, huh? Right? And then you're like, you feel like at that time, you're like a lose-lose situation. You know, the best answer for that is, you know, you, can, you know what you could say? You know, I know. That's why we're saved by grace. It's sad. It's unfortunate that he did that. You know, his testimony is leading people down to the drain. But at the same time, I know I'm not any better than him. And our Jesus, him and I have agreed and have realized and accepted that we can never make it to heaven. And we accepted that Jesus is the only one perfect enough to be a sacrifice, to die on the sins, to die on the cross for my sins and his. That's the best way. If you think you're in a lose-lose situation, it's actually a great springboard for you to share the gospel. Amen? Now, we're going to try this activity. I'm going to pause my timer. So I'll be cheating a few minutes here. If I could please call Brother Romel Ferrer up here. <laughs> so I know there's a lot of uh, strong men here. All right, there's a lot of strong men in this church. Um, so please don't be offended if I call Brother Romel strong, right? He's one of our, come on up here, brother. This guy served in the military and is still serving our country for many years. I think it's very fitting that we do this on the 4th of July. <laughs> and I know I should have asked for your permission. So, um, hey, can we do this? Can I ask you to come? <laughs> All right. For, if you can please uh, make a fist for me. You want this? Right, right. Uh, okay. Left? Okay. So this is a tape. Uh, let's go to the tape. We'll, we'll skip that one. John, John, can you please go to the tape for me, please? Here's the tape. This is the tape. So the fist is a representation of our body, right? And the tape is a representation of sin, right? Now, God, you're pretty strong, so I'm going to keep going here. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm um, glad you're not hairy. Um, so here's a. Okay, hold on. The scissors represent Jesus. So there, we're gonna cut sin for now, right there. So our bodies are created. God created us to function in a certain way, right? But with sin, it covers us. Sin covers our our, our the perfect design that God has has made us. And as intended for us. So, Brother Romel, with the, all the training you've had from the United States of uh, Mar United States Marine Corps, and now your United States Army, please open your hand and shake my hand. <laughs> all right, we'll bump. Say <laughs> so, right, right, because the sin, the tape, is sin, right? Sin impedes us; it covers us. I just realized I jumped my notes here. <laughs> so, but this, this sin doesn't make us perfect. Sin actually destroys the perfect design of God in our lives, right? 
So no matter how strong we think we can, can again, Teresa, try to open it. It's been there for a while. You don't know. It's, it's kind of like, oh, he, he can. He's a Marine. <laughs> yeah, give him a round of applause. But here, and, and in Jesus, that sin that has impeded the perfect design that God has intended for us. Through Jesus, he cuts that sin out of our lives. And then now we can actually do what we need to do. Thank you for your service. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> Thank you for being a good sport. Janja, can you please bring me back to my, my notes there? Now, with that illustration and this other illustration that I have here, that just imagine, just imagine that right there. All of our lives, we try to do, we try to live for God. We do. The, for the best of us, for the most of us, we try our best to live for God. But majority of the time, we fail. And it's, it's because sin is just like that. Sin will constantly just hinder us from living to our fullest design. Without Jesus, it is impossible. Because in Romans 3, 10 to 12, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Again, men, there's only two types of men in this world, people in this world. The ones that have accepted they are sinners and the ones that haven't accepted that. Now to our third point. Jesus equals freedom. At this, those who are heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Now, it is quite humbling to realize that certain things that we don't like about others are the exact same things that we ourselves practice, or st still do, or hated about ourselves. The scripture tells us that the older ones were the first ones to leave. Why? Because the older we get, the more sins we committed. Right? Oh, the older women, some, some of the older folks are like, no, not me. <laughs> just you, Joe. Yeah, just me. <laughs> right? The older we get, the more we realize that, hey, the older I get in the faith, the more I realize how holy God is. The older I get in the faith, the more I realize my need for God. The older I get in the faith, the more humble I see of myself because there's pride, right? Pride is a sin. And then we stop lying to ourselves because we become honest, hopefully, right? So the older ones left first down to the youngest ones. So imagine that scene there. If you were the woman caught in adultery, again, in the act of adultery, right? So she knew, she knew what was going to happen. And if you've been in a third world country, it's very loud. When the crowd gets together, it's very loud. I'm, I'm saying third world country because uh, the only times that I've really seen loud Americans is in a football game. <laughs> but we Filipinos, it doesn't have to be very exciting. We're, we just get loud. We're eating, we're loud, right? People think we're arguing, but we're just really talking, right? Especially in my family. Anna thought I was arguing with my dad 
Oh, my, my uncle, and she goes, please don't argue with your uncle with me here. I go, no, I'm, I, I'm not arguing with him. And I asked my uncle, are we arguing? He goes, no, who said we're arguing? My girl said we're arguing. She thinks we're arguing. No, we're just talking about the Packers and the Niners. You know, that was, it's different. And so I, I'm bringing that up because this was not a relaxing time for the woman. Right? People were clamoring. They were shouting, stone her. Stoner, killer, she was caught, and it was loud. I don't know how many people were there, but it says crowd. And she knew what she was about to do, what she was about to get. And she probably already knew that she deserved what she was going to get. But Jesus was the only one who can throw that stone. Because it was only Jesus who did not have any sin. Jesus was the only one. But then we look here on verse 10. To 11, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. That's the first part. But look at this. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Right? We, said, we read that earlier. But the second part is, But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The woman knew that she deserved death and she was about to get death there. But Jesus applied, Jesus, in that account we know, we see that Jesus applied 100% of truth. He applied 100% of the law. He said, go ahead, stone her, right? Go ahead. He, 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 he said in Matthew 5.17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That's why Jesus said, He who has not sinned, cast the first stone. Right? That's application of the, the, of the law. Realizing that it's true. And Jesus said, He came to fulfill the law. In verse 11, however, Jesus applied grace. Jesus applied grace. And praise God that he applied grace there. But it's the same grace that we have, have experienced and continue to experience from day to day. As we sin, you know, it, it says there, the, the verse says, if you have think of a woman lustfully, you have committed the sin of adultery. Now that's vice versa too, right? If women have thought of a man lustfully, they have committed adultery. So that's, both ways, right? But we see in, in that scripture, in this account of the woman caught in the act of, the, of adultery, our Lord Jesus applying both 100% of truth, 100% of the law, and applying 100% grace. Our Jesus is made up of both and believes in both. Jesus never condones sin. Jesus, God is love. He is, but he does not condone sin. If he did, why would he die on the cross? Why would there be death on the sin well, on the cross for him? Why did he have to come down if he could just laugh at sin and like, ah, you know, I wasn't really serious. Everybody comes to heaven. Everybody goes to heaven. I did save you from that adulterous life that you used to have, but now, ah, you know, it's okay. I wasn't really going to kill you. No, Jesus is both, right? Because he, he experienced both. He took on the death that we were supposed to die. 
Because that's what the law required. Blood must be spilled because of sin. And he was the perfect sacrifice there. Now for anyone who has not accepted Jesus as Lord, or is for, for us who have accepted him before, it was sure not easy, right? For us to realize this. It wasn't easy for us to realize that all the good things that we have done was not enough. Or it isn't enough to gain heaven. I don't think that was an easy thing for most of you. For the good people here without Jesus. Because we know, right? We have a category. We have a standard, right? For the ones that are not the criminals and are going to church all the time, very religious, right? They, it must have been hard for them. The ones that have honored their parents and living a good life, it must have been really hard for them to say, wow, I still need Jesus? Now, I don't know if it was hard for the guys that are like me who we know, you know, it was good that we were out of prison or jail. And then here comes, we hear this gospel saying, you're saved because of what I have done on the cross? Maybe what is easier for us? But maybe it was still hard because you say, I don't know, man, I have done so many bad things. There's just no way that God can still accept me. But as we continue to read and understand the gospel, God has died for all, Right? And we just truly need to understand and accept that we are sinners and we are in need of a Savior and Jesus is that Savior. Just like what He has done here with the woman here, right? And next, next slide. <laughs> There's a big delay today, huh? This is, this is the now what. Through the woman's mistake and the actions of the people around her, we saw Jesus apply 100% of the truth, 100% of the law, and 100% of grace. And through this event, we see, as the woman and the people at that time did too, that Jesus applied both. And despite the woman truly deserved death because of her sin, and she violated God's command, Jesus let her live. But the question then is, now what? For those of us who have accepted Jesus, there's now what? Right? The now what is the next of that verse. And the next point is transformation. Wait, there's the one point on the now what. In 9-11, it says here, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Leave your life of sin. Now imagine that you built a corral for the animals that you have. Let's say you're a farmer, right? And you have built a corral, and then you, it's a fence, like four, like four sides of fence, and there's a gate, and you, it's where your animals are kept safe, right? And that's where you, you feed them, that's where you protect them, that's where they get food and water. And then if they get sick, that's where you provide the medicine. That's where you nurture them. And those fences are there to protect them, correct? Right? And that, that for us is a, is a picture of God's law, of God's commands. If we belong to Him, we are free. We are free to worship Him. 
We are free to live for Him. And then God puts these fences around us to protect us. These fences, these commands are for us to be fed, to be nurtured, right? And to be protected. Yes, we are free. There is a point where some, some people think freedom, just like living in this country, we are free, but there are certain laws that we need to observe. And if we break those laws, we are to go to jail and we lose our freedom. Correct? Now, but there's a lot of people that think they come here in this country and they, they hate this country. So I still have to see a, uh, uh, somebody tweet, somebody who's liberal, who doesn't believe in the flag, who doesn't like the country, to say, hey, I'm returning my holiday pay for 4th of July because I don't believe in this country and I hate it. And I want this country to be a socialist country. So if you want this country to be a socialist country, I suggest that you just move to some socialist countries. Why try to change this country? If I really wanted this country to be like the Philippines, I'll just move back to the Philippines. <laughs> right? And just stay there. But a lot of people want to change this country from the core of this, this, this country. A lot of men have died to fight for our freedom. A lot of men, a lot of men who have taken their, their many years, many days away from their families in order for you to have that barbecue for the 4th of July. A lot of men fought for that flag. A lot of men lost their lives for that flag. And you're just going to burn it because you don't like it? Because it's not the popular thing to do? Right? It's just, it's, it's wrong in many ways. And I challenge you, if you really don't believe in this country, give back your holiday pay. <laughs> Write an email to your corporate. Hey, from now on, I don't want you to pay me for the 4th of July. Right? And plus, I, I, I believe in socialism. So maybe not pay me at all if you don't think you need to pay me. <laughs> but now what? Let's go back to... I want political there, but it kind of relates, doesn't it? <laughs> it relates. Now what? Now what? what? What do we do? What do we do with this freedom that God has given us? Now that we are free from the life of, from the consequences of sin, which is death, now we have eternal life. So what do we do with that? And there's transformation. The next point is transformation. In Romans 6, 1 to 5, let me read it real fast here. Dead to sin, alive in Christ. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means, exclamation point. So maybe I should say it with an exclamation point. By no means, we are, are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Verse 5, For if we have been united with Him in death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Amen? So that this should end all questions. If you think, now, if I'm saved by grace, can I just stay the way I am? No. Well, that's legalism. No, that's Romans 6, 1 to 5. Right? Because Jesus told the, the woman that was caught in adultery, go and leave your life of sin. 
she, he didn't say, all right, go, go ahead, go back to what you were doing. Right? No. Right? Go, go on your way, you know, be whoever you want to be. No, if, you, if Jesus is your Lord and you are given the privilege to live after you accepted him, to still live a life after you accepted him as your Lord, you are to transform to a resurrected life, to a new life. A life that is no longer entangled with sin. However, we are still going to struggle with sin. That's just the reality. Unfortunately, right? But we are to be transformed. Amid a culture that says, I want it all and I want it now. This cultural motto implies that freedom is expressed by doing whatever we want, whenever we want. Now, could this definition of freedom ultimately lead to painful consequences? We have to consider these facts. Premarital sex can spread STDs. Because we are not to have sex outside of marriage. Amen? Amen. Greed can bring excess debt and financial ruin. Amen? Gambling, alcohol, drug, and pornography addictions can wreck lives and relationships amen. amen yes we are free we are free to live for jesus we are free to worship jesus we are not he didn't save us from sin so that we can keep on sinning jesus came to set us free from a life of such regretful choices and consequences he delivers us from sin's power. So we're free to follow Him and live healthy, godly lives. Just like Romel's fist earlier, right? He could not function with that tape, which is sin. There was no way that he could function because of the, the, the tape that was entangling his hand. Yet believers, yet believers, us believers, we believe sometimes the cultural messages that encourage independence. Even as we yearn for the power to do as they please, we need to understand that this freedom is from the power of sin as well as to a life of righteousness. Now Paul referenced 1 Corinthians 10.23. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive other verse uh, other verse version says in first corinthians 6 20 reads you were bought at a price therefore honor god with your bodies now remember i mentioned earlier that the bible god's word seems to be liberal in a society that's that is conservative right and then it's and then it's conservative in a society that's that's liberal because in in corinth there's, that society was very liberal. They were very promiscuous. And then here Paul says that, hey, if, if you belong to Jesus, you are to live for Him. Your bodies must be honoring Him, not to be used for your satisfaction. This is why, this is why premarital sex is, is, is not encouraged. Right? The popular thing right now is not to get married and just to live in with your partner because there's more benefits in your insurance and there's more benefits for your taxes. Right? 
Those are the popular things right now. Many of the things that is, that is acceptable now are not acceptable in the Bible. I mean, from many years ago, but even, now, even more now we can see it, right? The guys that are rebelling against this country are being, they're the popular ones. Imagine this Olympian, you played in the Olympics to represent your country, and then you turn your back when, it's, when you won the game. You, in protest, you... I agree with the sentiments when they say the first, it should be a, a, a bare minimum requirement that if you are to play for the United States of America, you should at least respect the flag. Right? I think I, believe, I agree with that. It's the same thing with our Christianity. If you believe in Jesus, if you call him Lord, and you call yourself Christian, little Christ, you should be honoring him with your bodies. Amen? Now, in the same token, when Jesus told the woman, go and sin no more, for us who have accept, accepted him as Lord, for us who have accepted the truth that we need freedom from the enslavement, from the captivity of sin, we are now to live our lives worthy of the name of Jesus. Amen? It wasn't cheap. You were bought at a price. And what price was that? Jesus' life. An innocent life was given for you. That's very pricey. It's priceless. Remember those Visa commercials? Priceless. It's true. Now, in conclusion, like the woman caught in adultery, we should all know that after finding out, as the Bible reveals to us, that we are enslaved by sin, and with sin there is death for all sinners, and that it is only because and through Jesus Christ why we have and can have freedom, and knowing all these truths, Jesus tells us, as he told the woman, to go and sin no more, to not live a life of sin. He freed us from the consequences of sin. Not so we can freely sin with our lives, but to live our lives worshiping him, worshiping him who has given us heaven, who has freed us from the dominion of sin. It says here, I have the right I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Folks, if you truly claim Jesus as Lord, it has to show in our lives. In this church, we have taught and read and, and discussed and studied about grace. Amen? There's no other way. When you live for God, that's not legalism. That's sanctification. You have been justified by His action, by His death on the cross. You have been paid for, but you have to be sanctified. We have to, in the process, we, ha we are set apart to live a holy life for Him. I praise God that you're here, despite that it is the 4th of July. I praise God that you are here when, when it's Super Bowl Sunday. Because you're one more voice, one more person, praising, praising God, worshiping Him, and He truly deserves it. Amen? I know there's many things to do out there. Fun things. Rather than listening to a boring preacher on a Sunday afternoon. But it is this one day that He has called us to worship Him, 
to honor Him with our lives. Amen? Amen. And then Christianity is really not more about freedom. Christianity is really a lot about denying ourselves. Amen? If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and come follow me. Amen? That is our message. Please join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us this evening. We ask now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to empower us and to help us live the way you want us to live, to remind us of what we've heard tonight. We ask for forgiveness for our sins, Lord God, for the many times that we have forgotten to live for you, to deny ourselves, Lord God, and not to satisfy our sinful cravings. We ask for healing for those who are sick, Father God, for those who are physically sick and those who are spiritually sick, Father. I pray for their healing and for their help. Father, help us to live our lives worthy of your name. All these things we ask and pray in your Son's, your son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And to all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen.